This is the Teaching Primary Music Podcast, where you will learn effective, tried and true methods to teach children the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. I am Courtney Ekman. And I am Charlotte Dance. Welcome to our first episode. Today we want to introduce ourselves and talk about the why behind this podcast. I'll start. My name is Courtney Ekman, and I guess you could say that I'm a veteran primary music leader. I am currently a primary pianist, but I taught primary music for a cumulative of nine years across three different wards. When I first started teaching primary music, I relied heavily on the methods I had learned and loved as a child. Old familiar favorites, such as Sing Like a Rock Star or Variations on Hot and Cold. Somewhere along the line, when I was searching for help, I came across a woman named Sharla Dance, who seemed to have some really interesting ideas. The more activities I tried of Sharla's, the more things in my primary began to click, and the more excited the children became. I started to feel like I was really engaging with them on a higher level, and I could feel the spirit of the songs more deeply. It's hard to describe in words the change that took place in our primary. It took time and a lot of practice, but we began to learn primary songs in a way that changed our hearts and sunk the messages deep into our bones. During this time, I had a friend who was a teacher in the primary. She witnessed firsthand the transformation of our primary and how effective these new methods could be. When I was released, she was called as the primary music leader. Even though she didn't feel like she had much musical background or training, she had a testimony that those who are called are qualified. And so she poured her heart and soul into this calling. She immediately reached out to me to see where I had learned how to teach primary music, and I directed her to Sharla's website and workshops. And when I say she poured her heart and soul into it, I mean it. She prepared and prepared each week to teach these sweet children. She practiced the songs until she had learned to sing them by heart. And if she was going to teach a steady beat or a clapping pattern, then she would work hard to get it right. She is really the one who made me see just how inspired these methods that Sharla has collected are. Even though my friend is not musical in the traditional sense that some may think of, it did not matter because that is not what this calling is about. It is about teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ through music to children in a way that engages them and activates their brains. And my friend was able to do that in large part because of the resources that Sharla has gathered. I'm excited to share these ideas and methods with you in this podcast. Mostly the format will be me asking questions and bringing up topics while Sharla does the majority of the explaining. We will publish a new episode every Friday morning, and each episode will be 15 to 20 minutes long. We can definitely talk much longer than that, but we don't want to inundate you with too much information to process all at once. And so with that, let me introduce you to Sharla Dance. So my name is Sharla Dance, and one of the reasons that I am here at all is because I have a daughter with special needs. She was an exceptional daughter, and at age seven, she was diagnosed with cancer in her brain. And even though they had a seven-hour operation, they didn't get the cancer out. So she had to have radiation treatments over and over again. I could see her natural bubbliness just die. 
she was learning and growing at that time, but the cancer and the methods that they used to fight the cancer just killed her spirit and her ability to learn. So I set about trying to figure out some brain effective ways that are not the normal ways that we learn so that I could teach my daughter. I also happened to be serving in primary. And so I started applying it to primary music and found when I taught the children like this, they blossomed. They went from lackadaisical to totally engaged. They wanted to be there. My daughter is still alive a long time after that. And she has struggled her whole life because of the cancer and the resulting radiation. But there is a lot of joy that is in her life because of music. And there's a lot of joy in a lot of children's lives because of what I learned as I was going through that incredible ordeal. Our takeaway today for you is that there is a better way to teach children the gospel in these last days as we gather Israel. So how do we know it's a better way? So one of the reasons I think it's a better way is because this teaches that every child should be engaged, not one holding a picture, not one that's called up to do something. Every single child is involved, is engaged, is challenged, and it activates their memory in a variety of ways. It's amazing what it will do for them as they try to remember the words with different hooks because there's so many ways that they've learned the words. It also changes their motivation about singing. They're not singing because they get to do some cool activity if they sing well. They're singing because the song itself is engaging them and the activity itself is engaging them. Another thing that I love about this is that when I started teaching more and more these kinds of things, the discipline problems in primary just dropped drastically because the boy that's kicking the chair to be engaged doesn't have to kick the chair. He's got other challenges that deal with the song. The little girl that wants to talk to her neighbor just wants to figure out that puzzle or go with the rhythm or do whatever it is that the method is doing. It takes the discipline problems down so much. One of my favorite things about this method is that it engages that back row, the infamous 10 and 11 year old boys. One of my most poignant, this works moments was when we had a visitor who happened to be a 10 or 11 year old boy in our primary one day. And he came in and he wasn't very used to being at church. He didn't know what was gonna happen next. So we kind of dragged his feet and what, what are we doing now? And one of my little boys in the back, 10 or 11 years old said, well, I don't know, but I can tell you whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. And that is a badge I will wear proudly for the rest of my life that an 11-year-old boy thought my primary was awesome because it was, because I was doing things that challenged and engaged him. So another thing that I have noticed as I've traveled all around the United States is that children do not like to be drilled on words. They dislike it a lot. With that comes a dislike for primary and a dislike for that song. But when you use methods like this that we're going to teach you about, you don't have to drill the words. It feels like they already know them and they know them without trying. And so they will say, well, I've always known the words and they don't know how hard you've worked to create three different experiences for them to know the words, but it just comes easily for them. And as a bonus, once you've mastered these methods, 
the prep is so much faster than any game or poster or elaborate trying to be engaging thing you've done before. I'm back in the ward I was when I originally was called as a primary music leader. And we cleaned out the closet. And in the top, I had all of these old games we had used years and years ago. And no one even remembered. I had worked really hard on some of these. <laughs> Guess what? No one remembered. And I just remembered the hours of work and prep. But now all I need, there are some posters that I make, but they're simple to make. And, you know, I can grab rhythm sticks or any other manipulatives and I can create some patterns and I've got them engaged and I'm ready to go. And so as a music leader, that's been a huge blessing in my life, knowing I'm doing the right thing, not being worried, but also not having prep after prep after craft supply after craft supply. One of the things that I especially like is I feel like we need to teach the children Zion. And to teach them Zion, they need to be engaged and intent towards the same motivation. I have used competition in the past, but I feel like anymore that is not have a place in a Zion community. And what happens instead of pitting the children against each other in a team, the children are pitted against themselves. They challenge themselves. They want to overcome this challenge of a puzzle, this challenge of a crack the code, this challenge of getting this pattern down. They don't have to have competition to enliven them because they're already enlivened. They're already engaged. They're already involved. Another thing I really, truly love, and and the reason that I know these methods are inspired is because when I use them, it allows me as the music leader to engage more with the children on a deeper, more personal level as we experience the song together. You know, as we're doing waves and we're moving our bodies and I'm pretending my hands are waves and they're pretending their hands are following mine and we're we're experiencing even simple things like that because I'm looking them in the eye as I teach them instead of paying attention to some game or some flip chart or some score. I am there with them and we are doing it all together. And that has led to some of my more sacred experiences teaching primary music. Even though using some of these things that we're going to teach you about are more active and have the children moving more, the spirit regularly flows into the room and into the children's hearts. One of the tenets that we even talk about is that at every pause, every chance that you get, you bear a one sentence, two sentence testimony, and then you move on. And you can move on because you're going from thing to thing to thing to thing. And the children are so excited about what's coming next, what's coming next, what's coming next the spirit comes into the room because they're active and open and open to you giving your testimony because they were just so engaged with you. Like she said, they're watching your eyes. They're moving with you. It's an amazing feeling. This method really does allow for more opportunities for the Holy Ghost to flow into the room and into the hearts of the children. And those are emotions that are remembered for far longer than memorized words. They're not necessarily remembering the songs years from now, although I do believe that the Holy Ghost will recall them to the remembrance when they need them, but they're loving church. They're loving the spirit that is felt there. It inspires them to want more and more and more. And if anything is a testament to these methods, that is it right there, that we can bring our children to the presence of the Holy Ghost in a way that helps them and enlarges their hearts and their minds. So I have a recent experience 
Over this Labor Day weekend, I was at a huge conference with about 550 people. They were camping, and I had charged to teach primary music to all of these children I didn't know. I prepared just like I would for my own primary. I had a lot more manipulatives underneath the chair so that they could get them. And we moved through four different songs. And the amazing thing was about two minutes in to the singing time, every eye was on me. Every child wanted, excuse me, wanted to sing, wanted to be there. They were engaged and happy and trying. And I looked up and could see their eyes. And then I looked up at the adults and there was awe in the eyes of the parents because they so wanted their kids to be involved and to feel the Holy Ghost and to be active and to be loving it. And all of those things happened. And I'd never met any of those kids before in my life. But I had the help of the Holy Ghost and I had the help of knowing the kinds of things that children need to learn and to be engaged and to be involved and to participate in a singing time. Thank you, Charlotte, for sharing that. It is just one in a million testimonies of how inspired these methods are. We can't wait to teach them to you. We won't leave you hanging for long, we promise. These tips and tricks, they take a little bit of work to learn at the start. But like my friend from my story in the beginning of this episode, anyone can use them. They're not Charlotte Dance's methods. They're tried and true principles of teaching music to primary children. In the next episode, we'll start to dive into multiple intelligences and the different ways that each child learns music and how combining them can create enriching experiences and will give you concrete ideas that you can start implementing right away. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening and a special thank you to Dana Carden for composing our music.